Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Loyalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Close your eyes wherever you are. Stand to your feet with all respect to God. And let us pray. Father, thanks a million for this wonderful opportunity to be with you and to be in your presence. Speak your word to us by your spirit. I humble myself before you. Use me to your glory and to your praise. We thank you. We bring everything and everyone under the subjection to subjection and under the power of your word. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Lift up your Bible. Let us sing our song. I have a wonderful treasure. Lift up your Bible. If your Bible is on your phone, lift it up. Let us sing. I have a wonderful treasure. The gift of God without measure, we will travel together. Let's sing it one more time. I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure. We will travel together, my Bible. For the last time, everybody singing. I have a wonderful treasure. The gift of God. Without measure, we will travel together. My, my. Let's sing it again. Reverend David was not here. One more time. I have a wonderful treasure. The gift of God without measure. We will travel together. My Bible and I. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe what it says. I will be taught from this Bible. I will be taught from this Bible. And I will be blessed. And I will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Shout your loudest amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Wow, it's good to see everybody. And um, everybody, amen. Wow, bring your greetings from Peter Marisbeck, um, the city of our God. Um, they are excited. I was there this morning. Um, they, did, they almost didn't let me leave, but I left. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's amazing. Visit us in PMB one of these days, amen. 
but like I said, it's exciting to be here with you in Durban. I'm here with Pamela. Um, she's <clears throat> this is Pamela. Just give them a wave. You never know. Today may be that day. You never know. She 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 came to visit my wife and I to spend her birthday with us. So we're excited to have that honor. God bless you for being a friend and being associated to us. Amen. I pray that when it's your birthday, you also come and spend it with us. Amen. Amen. Great. Um, yesterday was Reverend David's birthday as well. On behalf of the church, we want to wish Reverend David a happy birthday. Those of you who don't know Reverend David, Reverend David is our resident pastor here. And yesterday he turned 92. And some coins. 92 and some coins. So, yeah. He's been, oh, he's been around for a long time. That's why when they were singing, if, as he did it then for Moses, he could, he could relate with it because he was around during the time of Moses. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Reverend David, God bless you. You've been a wonderful blessing. You've been a good pastor to the church. All the people are looking nice and rosy because you've taken very good care of them. You get it? Wow. Amen. Good. Let's share something from the Bible shortly and then we will go home. Amen. Great. We have a good surprise for you immediately after the service so, or at the end of the service. So don't just relax. Tell your neighbor, relax. Relax. Okay. It's, it's In America, they are now waking up. So, you are in a rush to go nowhere. They are now waking up in America. The people who make things happen in the world, they are now waking up. Do you get it? So, nothing... You, you, my dear, what's your name? Ati. Atile. Atine. You are not missing out on anything, okay? Donald Trump, is just waking up. Okay? He's, yet, he's now going to tweet for us all to see what he has in mind today. Okay, good. Well, we've been talking about establishment as a Christian, how to have an established Christian life. And I, I'm saying that anything you are involved in, it should be your desire and wish that you will be established in it. So if you are in a job, you should want to be established. In it. That's why people prefer to be permanent than to work on a contract. Because when you are working on a contract, it means whenever the contract is over, your boss can look at you and say, you know something? Your last hairstyle was not good for this company. So you know something? We don't want to renew the contract. And you can't do much. But when you're a permanent worker there, then you now have rights. They can't easily sack you. You can be papalas from Saturday, Sunday, and come on Monday. They still can't sack you because you're entitled to some benefits. Why? Because your position in the company is established. Amen. Amen. So if it's a marriage, you want to be established in your marriage. You can't be married to a man that when you sleep, you have to handcuff his hand to your hand so that he doesn't disappear. I mean, you put handcuffs. It's like this guy is so slippery that if you don't handcuff him... hmm, you will wake up and he's not there. No, you can't. 
You can't even be married and you can't say you are established in your marriage as you are sitting here in church. You don't know what he's doing. You are wondering, huh? When you get home, the sheets are crumpled. You don't know what happened on the sheet. You are not, you are not. Or the IV in the washing machine, they are spinning. Re, re, re. Hey. Nah. May you not have such a marriage. And you are not too young to say amen. Wisdom is for the young, not for the aged. You get, let's, say, let's talk about education for just a minute or two. I mean, education is important. But it's good. You will by all means realize it in life. No matter where you grow up, you will realize that education is very important. But what is the use of realizing it when you are 92? You have not gone to school. You have finally decided. No power? Okay, power. You, you call your, your children, your grandchildren. You say, guys, I've discovered a mystery. And they said, Opa, what's the mystery? Then you say, you know something? Going to school is very important. Meanwhile, you have grown up as a buffoon. So wisdom is for the young. Any type of good thing is good to know it whilst you are young. So I'm happy many of you are young. At least you are younger than I am. I'm, I won't compare you to Reverend the 92. It's not easy. But I mean, compared to me, I'm glad most of you are young. Because you are getting to know things at a young age. Do you get So don't see anything. So, well, uh, me, I'm going to marry in 19 years' time. So that's it. it concerns you. There's a reason why you are knowing today. Say amen. Good. So you need to be established in whatever you are doing. And the Bible says that by wisdom, a house is built. Everything is built through wisdom. When they saw Jesus and they saw the things he was building, they asked a question. They said, what kind of wisdom is this that this man has? That such mighty works are done by him. So wisdom makes you do great things. If you see somebody who can't do great things, the, the explanation is simple. It's not wise. So through wisdom, so as you come to church and you are acquiring wisdom, you are acquiring wisdom to build things. But after you have built the thing, the thing has to be established. And Bible says, by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the chambers are filled with pleasant things. So if you have keys that you need for life, you can even take this as keys, this morning's introduction as keys for life. You need wisdom, you need understanding, and you need knowledge. Wisdom to build, understanding to establish what you have built, and knowledge to fill it. May your life have these three things. Good. So I've been talking about understanding that leads to establishment, and establishment in your Christian life. Amen. And I said you need to understand a few basic principles. Number one, I said you need to understand that you are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. The absence of that understanding will make you focus on the wrong thing. Many people think that you are a body. This body, that's you. I mean, if you are this body, then there's not a lot of you anyway. Do you get it? But you are a body. So we work on our bodies. This morning, all of us have worked on our bodies and we have presented it here. Now, there's nothing wrong with working on your body because you can't also come to church like a mental patient. I mean, imagine you are coming to church, 
saliva is dripping all over your face. The ashes will even just put you out the back. Do you get it? So you need to work on, you need to dress up, look good, bath, brush your teeth. It's even hygienic. But that's not the main you. The main you is a spirit. So in this portion of the service, I am actually through the word of God working on you, the real you. Hallelujah. You have worked on the building, but God by his word and by his spirit is working on the real you, which is your spirit. Hallelujah. And you have a soul. Your soul is your emotions, your mind, what you feel. It's your soul that has brought you here this morning. Your soul felt like coming to church, so it told your body, let us go to church. And your body, your body always, always follows your soul. It agrees with your soul. It says, it always says yes to your soul. You were drinking last week because your soul felt like drinking. It's not your spirit. You can't blame yourself. My spirit is very bad. No, 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 no. Your spirit can never be bad. Never. It's your soul. Your soul is what wanted to do what it wanted to do. And it organized the body to follow it. Do you get it? Hallelujah. I also said that when you are not saved, your true nature is wickedness. It's important to have this understanding that naturally you are a wicked person. Naturally you are a bad person. Naturally you are an evil person. All of us are. It's our true nature. Naturally, that's how we are. Without any augmentation, without any modification, without any work done on you, your nature is wickedness. That's why you even have children. They've not gone to school at the school of telling lies, but they tell lies. Children, just children. Children, little babies. As soon as they start talking, they've learned how to lie. And you wonder, who taught them? Who taught him? Nobody taught him. That's how he was born. That's the, without any modification, that's how he is. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then I said, when you are now born again, I'm on the third principle. When you are now born again, God gives you a new nature so that you can now obey him. Because your old nature can never obey God. Your old nature can never obey God. By nature, it's disobedient to God. So for, and God wants us to obey. That, that, this is the reason why I love God. You know, God doesn't ask us to do something which we cannot do. He knows that by our nature, we can't obey him. So now that he wants us to obey him, he said, you know something? I'm going to take out your heart. Because the heart that you have is very hard. It's a stone. Very hard. Doesn't obey God. So I'm going to take it out. Then I'll give you a new heart. Now, this new heart is programmed such that it can obey God. It is programmed such that it can obey God. So the Bible says, if a man be in Christ, as soon as you surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says, all things have passed away. All the things you have done before, they've all passed away. Behold, all things are new. So God does a radical change where he takes out the stone which is in your chest and he puts flesh into your chest. Now that heart has the ability to obey God. So that's when you now start to obey God. 
So this led us to a question that, so pastor, how come that there are people in the church who are supposedly born again and are truly born again, yet still do some stubborn things? I mean, one of you asked that question, you asked it about yourself. Pastor, how come that I've been in the church for 33 Sundays, but and I, I remember the first Sunday I came, you said, all oh, those who want to give their life, can come to the front quick. I was the first person to get here. I even remember when you said the prayer, you touched my shoulder. I felt that God's power is in this church. How come that in spite of all these things, I still do these things that I don't want to do? Who asked that question? If you are the one who asked that question, give me a wave. Okay, if you are if you are the one who asked that question, don't wave, don't wave. Shame on you. <laughs> that is a question we all want answers to. So I started to answer that question, which is the fourth principle which we are looking at. Is that when after you are born again. You are still a baby and you must grow. Until you have grown, you cannot live as a proper Christian until you have grown. Until you have grown. Until you have grown. Every Christian, after you come to say that prayer, you go through what we call stages of development, stages of growth. Stages of developing as a Christian. Okay? And I said, every Christian goes through three stages. It's important that you have understanding into this or else your Christian life cannot be established. The first stage you go through is what we call the baby stage, which we talked about last week. We could call the babe. Is that not so? Yeah, and many of you like to be called babe. Babe, as far as the Bible is concerned, it's not a great thing. It's a beginning, but it's not a great thing. You get it. When you are born again at first, you are a baby. The reason why many Christians are still living in sin, still fooling around is that they have been born, yet they have remained babies. When you look at the characteristics of babies, you understand why. We said babies... They are always crying. That's why you are always whining. That's why you are always whining. In the church. We don't blame you because you are a baby. I mean, when I'm at home and there's a baby in my house and the baby cries, I don't blame the baby for crying. Hey, why have you cried? No, it's a baby. Baby, Babies do only one thing. They cry. They cry. Number two, we said babies can't help themselves. If the baby wants to do something, it cannot help itself. Somebody has to help the baby. That's the reason why sometimes you know that this thing is wrong. You don't want to do it, but you can't help yourself. I mean, you are looking at the the thing in the glass. It's moving around in the glass. You know pastor said don't be drinking this thing. But you look at it and you can't control yourself. It's almost as if the, the glass itself or the bottle jump. How many of you, I mean, it's not you, but you know somebody. You know somebody who, it's not like they took the bottle and they were drinking. It's like the bottle jumped from there. 
to start with, it jumped from the fridge. The bottle opened the fridge. And then the bottle got out. Came onto the table. Opened itself. And then went to the mouth. And forced itself to swallow and go into the store. How many of you know somebody? Not you. You know somebody. Yeah, I agree with you. I also know people like that. It started at spa. You were going to buy bread at spa. Then you saw the bottle. Then it jumped. You said, hey, bottle, I'm not interested in you. Then the bottle jumped. And it came into your basket. And you said, where are you going? The bottle said, oh, I'm just looking at something. Then you got to the till. Then you, tell, you told the teller, I don't want to pay for this one. Please, it's not part of my things. Then you paid for your bread. By the time you realized, the bottle was part of your things. So you thought that maybe the teller wanted you to dispose of the bottle. But by the time you got home, the bottle was still with you. So you said, okay, I'll return it tomorrow. But so that it doesn't get spoiled, I'm putting it in the fridge. Uh-huh, this is the part of the story you missed. I took, off, I took over from, from the fridge. But this is how it got to the fridge. It's not your fault. No, you, I mean, you are not like that. You, are, you sing in the choir. You will not do such a thing. I mean, why would you do such a thing and sing in the choir? I mean, how? Think about it. You will not do such a thing. No, no, no. It's not your nature. It's not your nature at all. It's the bottle. It's the bottle. But a time is coming. You can control yourself. And you tell the bottle, you know something? You can even jump into the fridge. If you make a mistake, you jump into my mouth, I'll break you out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Not that you drink it first and vomit later. I mean, yeah. Don't, uh, the brothers are saying, oh, pastor, good one. I like that point, pastor. Preach it again. No. Hallelujah. So we saw many signs about the child. They don't do anything about the baby. So they want to look at the child. Because the Bible says about babies, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Babies only drink milk. You can't tell them difficult things. No, 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 no. no. Now, I want to look at the child. Ephesians chapter 4. We're reading verse 14 quickly and then we'll go forward. It says, that ye, ye, ye henceforth be no more children. So, although a child is better than a baby, the Bible is telling you that being a child is also not good enough. That you should no more be children. Tossed about to and fro. And carried about by the slight of men. And cunning craftiness in which they lie in wait to deceive. Here the Bible tells us that you can also get to a stage. The second stage of your Christian development is when you are a child. Who is a child? Or what are the characteristics? Because if you come to church, you tell somebody, you are a child. Because you say being a child. You know, because first, you used to love being called a babe. If you are in a relationship with somebody, you check his phone. He has not saved your contact and a babe. And why didn't you call me babe? But I'm sure some of you are going back home today to go and say, look, change my name. I don't like this babe thing. You see, uh-huh. 
I don't like this babe thing. One day, there was this girl with this guy. And as they were there, the phone rang. When the phone rang, she looked at the guy's call, looked at who was calling. And the caller ID was Cristiano Ronaldo. And the guy talked when he finished. And the guy was all lovey-dovey on the phone, you know. So she said, hey, but are you that close to Cristiano Ronaldo? So, you know me, I, you know I like football, so there are a lot of people who call me. In. After a while, another person called. When, 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 he, when she looked at it, Neymar. Hey! Hmm. No problem. Then a third time, when the phone rang, to her surprise, she looked at the caller ID. Guess what? Lionel Messi. Wow, this girl said, hmm. This guy is connected. So one day, she was there with the phone alone and she decided to dial her number. When she dialed her number and it rang, guess what? Sipiwe Shabalala. Oh, God. So some of you are going to home and say, don't save me and that babe anymore. Being a baby is not a good thing after all. Being a child, although it's better, it means you have moved forward. Do you get it? You have moved forward from being a baby. You have now become a child. It's a great thing. It's a good thing. But let's, let's see. If I say you are a child, you say, oh, no, 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 no. So let's look at signs. Signs don't lie. Oh, good. Number one, a child is unstable. We talked about it last week. It's unstable. All, all over the place. When you're dealing with a child, it's unstable. Unstable and steady. Cannot sit at one place. Cannot be stable. No, always moving. You're dealing with a child. Sometimes you have people in the church unstable. Unstable. Are here today. Are here. Today I'm preaching to a new group. The group I preached to last week, they are not here. That's the reason why I'm going through all this. By now, I've almost finished preaching. The group I preached to last Sunday, they are not here. Last Sunday, I taught you a song. I just said, read your Bible, pray. Let's sing. We'll see those who were here last week or not. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray. It's okay, don't continue. I already see those who are here and those who are not here. Because if you are not here last week, you don't know the song. Do, do, do you understand? Why, why is it so? Because the church is filled with children. 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 Unstable. Here this week, not here next week. Doing this, I mean, sometimes you even meet people in school. First year, they are doing analytical chemistry. You meet them next year, they said they are doing just chemistry. I, I, have you stopped analyzing it, or you are just taking it as as it is? Okay, no problem. The next year, you ask them, "What are you doing?" They are doing human resource management. 
Just change it. If you are in a relationship with a child, it's also like that. Today he has changed his mind. Tomorrow he says this. Tomorrow he says that. Sometimes you even see brothers in the church. Today they say they like this one because she was singing. I said, did it then for Moses? He can do it too for you. Whatever, whatever he said, he is my covenant girl. As he did it then for Esther, can so follow me? Give me the words. Can so favor me right now? You will never let me down. You're my. And then she did her hair like that. Ah, Pastor! Pastor, I need to see you after church. I'll see something. I'll see something in the choir. I say something, I say something, I say something. Two months later, the same girl said, hey, Pastor, please do remember that the one you said, a certain girl who come to visit you on your birthday or on her birthday. I'm not sure whose birthday it was, but it was a birthday. Something had to do with somebody's birthday. Obviously, it wasn't Christmas Day, but it was somebody's birthday. I think that's the one. Said, ah, but I thought you said you like covenant. God. Say, oh, no, 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 no. The covenant is broken. Now he's here. That's why. Next time. <laughs> Lion of Judah comes to sing. You say you like Lion of Judah. It's like that. You are dealing with a child. You are dealing unsteady and stable. Number two. Children are always involved in playful activities. Playful activities. I mean, I have two boys, children, 13 and 12, I, I think so. <laughs> At least for as long as I have known. <laughs> 13 and 12. Or 13 and 11. 13 and 11. November, the other one will be 12. Playing. I don't let them watch television during the week. Monday to Friday. Yeah, you go to school. I pay school fees. Stop looking at me like that. I pay school fees. So Monday to Friday, no tell. You start watching television from Friday after school. And you finish your television on Sunday, 8 p.m. Your television airtime expires. You get ease if you try to turn on the television, it will say insufficient fans. But Friday, when they get home on Friday, 2 p.m., they start playing. They can't play. they know that it's playing time. They play and play and play and play. Everything is turned into a game, even batting. And children are like that. When you're a Christian child. Even when you come to church, you're only interested in the jokes. And when went they told a joke about the phone number. That's all. After church, if you be there, it, what's your name, boss? Noel. Noel, like Christmas, Noel. Okay, good. That's one of the names of Jesus, like Christmas. Good. So, Noel, I saw that you went to church. What did the pastor say? Oh, he said something about Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. <laughs> Ronaldo. Oh. Say, where is it in the Bible? I said Ronaldo chapter 2, verse 13. That's all. Many of you 
That's the reason why you come to church. So when we go to church, we become very happy. Pastor who preached, we are so happy, we are so excited. Yes, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I don't like to be somewhere where uh, it's like it's boring. I, no, I don't, I don't have dull moments in my life. I always want to be happy. Yeah. I always have to be happy. If I was McDonald's, I'll have happy hour all the time. I don't see why there are 24 hours and you have only one hour as happy hour. I don't see the point. But many of us, that's all you remember. But you don't remember the real way. The real teaching is that you go through three levels of development as a Christian. First is the baby. The second one is the child. We are on the child. But all they remember is the stories. Playing. So you have them in the church. They just play. If they are guys, they are just spying all the girls around. Wow, okay, that one. Sometimes they are friends, they'll be discussing with each other. Did you see the other one with the wig, the one 28 inches? You see that it's longer than this other wig, but anyway. And then the other one, did you see her makeup? That's all. Yeah, you see them discussing B&Bs, breasts and bottoms. That's all. In the church. Not outside the church. In the church. Say church. Yeah. After church, they are standing outside. You think that they are discussing some scriptures. No, or the revelation they got from the preacher. No, they are discussing the way the present lead, worship leader was jumping. To, and then everything was bouncing behind her like that. It's taking me higher and higher and higher, higher. And then as he's jumping, they are looking at the tensile strength of the breast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone to school before. That's why we use English words. The tensile strength, which means it's elasticity and it's strength. <laughs> in the church, in the church. Monkey, is what I'm saying true or it's not true? Yeah, if you like ask the nearest brother by you. Yeah. How do I know? When we were Christian children, that's what we were looking at. Yeah, when we were Christian children, why are you so surprised? I've been a Christian child before. So when we were Christian children, when other people were worshipping and falling under the anointing, my God, we were looking at, oh God. (laughs) One day, a certain pastor was leading prayer. Please tell me when my time is up, okay? You know, and as he was leading the prayer, he said, let us pray for forgiveness of sin. So when he told the church, let's pray for forgiveness. So he started to pray, oh God, forgive me. Have mercy on me. Oh, help me, Lord. My sins are so many, Lord. Oh God. Oh, when it comes to the ladies, help me, oh God. Because God, when I see the bottles, oh God. The church members who were praying with the pastor, they all stopped. They stopped their prayer. And they started to... This is a, a, no, a real life story. Not they, not they say that they say. It's something that I have seen it before. Tell your neighbor, it's something that I've seen it before. I personally know the pastor. Yeah, 
very anointed man of God. So, oh God, I think we even have it on tape. Yeah. Oh God, when I see the buttons, oh God. You are just like that, Pastor. But you are getting better. You are getting. Look, one day I was in a service, two ladies, they were sitting like, where you are sitting like that? Then a brother had come to church. So let me use this, since you are a brother, unfortunately. They, they were sitting like this then. A brother, a nice brother, like the way this guy is seemingly nice, but like that, you know. After the church, you know, when we clo- were closing, service, we share the grace. So, when we were about to share the grace, I was standing in front of them. I was leading the service. So, I said, turn to your neighbor and share the grace with your neighbor. I saw them, both of them, trying to share the grace with the guy. And I said, oh, one person at a time, please. Tell one neighbor. So, the one who was closer... That's why you must choose where you sit properly. The one who was closer got the tender. The other one didn't get the tender. And the way she looked at this one to turn around. Oy! It wasn't easy. So it means all along as I was preaching, she was not focusing on the preaching. Both of them, they, who will get to him first? Yeah. That's a child. Number three, children don't contribute anything to the house. Nothing. They don't contribute anything. Let me start from the house, then I bring it to the church. My two children, they don't contribute anything to my house. Financially, nothing. Now, I have a system in my house. I give my children pocket money. You know, many years ago, anything they see, they like it. Daddy? And especially when they get me alone. When my wife is there, my wife will just say, no. But when they get me alone. So they are also, children are very smart. Don't put anything past children. Very smart. They know if mommy is there, mommy will say no. So they just time when mommy is not there. They get that yellow. So by the time I go one trip with them and come back, I've made so many promises that. <laughs> so when they, my wife say, look, everything your father has promised you when he took you out, I've canceled it. <laughs> she doesn't even know what I've, I, I've canceled all of it. Say, Daddy, we like this. Daddy, we like this. That... The one day I met a man, then he shared something with me. So when he shared it with me, I came home and said, I called them for I said, guys, come for a meeting. I said, your mother is the witness of this meeting. From today, I'm going to give all of you pocket money. Yeah! I said, after I've given you your own money, anything you need, you can buy it. Yeah! So I said, good. Then he said, how much are you going to give us? I said, this is how much I'm going to give you every month. Huh? 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 So we did the negotiation. I said, okay, how much do you want? They gave me their price. I also gave. So we did the negotiation back and forth. Back. <laughs> so we came to a final settlement. And we agreed on that figure. And it was it. Month first, second, I give them their pocket money. Anything they ask me, I said, you have your money. You have your money. From that time, they don't ask me for things. They look at it. They look, how much is it? 
Then he compared. He said, mm, no, I don't want it again. <laughs> Case closed. From that time till now, I'm free for 30 days. Then it's time to pay up. I pay. Then I'm free again for another 30 days. And it's been easier for me. Of course, they are using it to learn how to manage money and all these things. Now, one day, my wife asked me, what will we eat? I said, oh, today I feel like having pizza. So, let's have... I, I didn't even say, I said, let's call the children and ask them. So, we called them. They came and said, guys, what do you think we should have? Somebody said McDonald's. I said, you know, you know daddy doesn't eat McDonald's. Eh? So, okay, no McDonald's. Okay, KFC. I said, look, brother, be serious. Finally, they agreed on pizza. I said, okay, then let's have the pizza. Then I said, everybody today must contribute to this pizza. <laughs> Come and see. Grudgingly. Some say they don't eat pizza again. Even if they are allergic to pizza, pizza is bad. All kinds of arguments. Eventually, we took their money from them. And then, I think I had to go somewhere. So, on my way back, I just ordered the pizza, paid for it, and came back. When we brought the pizza, they were sitting down there. Everybody was there like that. <laughs> so, my wife and I asked us, look, pizza, if it has to be eaten, it has to be eating hot. So we there, we started to eat. We were happy eating. They were all there like that. <laughs> Do you know why? Because this time, their money was in their pizza. And we didn't even use their money. No, we didn't use their money. We just, it was just a lesson I was trying to teach them. We didn't use their money. But look, they were there. As we buy the pizza, they are looking at our lips. <laughs> and they say, you are eating our money. <laughs> So finally, we said, look, if you don't come and eat the pizza, we will finish all of it. And it's your money we are finishing. So they forced, they came, and then after they finished, we gave their monies back to them. The same way when you come to the church. The children in the church, they don't contribute anything in the church. The church is very quiet. Revelations 8 1. And there was silence in heaven over the period of half an hour. Put the scripture there so you see. So it's in heaven also, God will say something, everybody will be quiet for half an hour. Look, the children in the church don't contribute anything to the church. They won't even contribute to their own transport. Hello? Can you hold the mic for me? They will not even contribute to their own transport. It does not even cross your mind. Every day they put us in an Uber. Every day they put us in a taxi. Every day they... Oh, please, let me check. Sister Please, who pays for the Uber that they have been using to Uber us? Um, you know something? I can't pay for all of it, but look, from today, every Sunday I'll give hand 10 rounds, even 10 rounds alone. To the Uber. Never. It, my children doesn't occur to them that the food in the house, I use money to buy it. They think the people in the shop love me. When they see my wife, then they give the food to her. Hello? 
Are you in church? Or you've gone home? Yeah. You are even contributing. Nothing. It will not, we have not asked you. Of course, we decided to do. You didn't tell us to bus you to church. We decided to bus you to church. So to a large extent, we are prepared for it. But when you are dealing with somebody who is mature. Look, we had a brother in the church. He's come to the church. He's not here, even here today. He's come to the church maybe like a month. Maximum one month. I, I had just finished preaching. I was standing outside. He came to me and said, Pastor, I want to contribute something to the church. He told me, I think as the church is getting fuller and summer is coming, it will be hot in the service. So I want to buy fans so that we put it in the church. Yeah. But we are sitting there, even offering, just, oh, eh, we are not contributing anything towards transport or anything, but at least offering time, let me give an offering. They won't. They will not. You are dealing with a child. Children want to have everything for free and contribute nothing to anything. Say amen. Yeah. You say you come to church, oh? That's how it is. Contribute nothing. 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 Eh? Brother, 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 Max and Sister Abby. But they, they said I was to come. I didn't say I was going to church. But, uh, but you are enjoying the church. You think their car runs on water? <laughs> if cars were running on water, water would be sold at a more expensive price. Yeah. The church is quiet. Deban Church has never been this quiet before. <laughs> Contribute nothing. Nothing. My children don't contribute. They spend what we have in that. Look, one day my wife made jollof rice. Don't tell my children. I'll bring my son here to come and play for you guys one of these days. Now, please, when he comes, don't tell him or else he will not come here again. One day my wife made jollof rice. You know jollof rice. It's rice, rice that has been made into jollof. That's all. And this jollof rice was at home. So the rice was at home on a Sunday. Then after church, my children said they were going home. No, but no, it's after church. It's Sunday after church. And like when I leave here, when I go to Marysburg, I'm going to be in Marysburg till maybe 10, 11 before I go home. Yeah. I, 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 it's from work to work. This is work. You have come to church. I have come to work. It's work to work. So they go home earlier. When they left, then my wife said to me, Hey! <laughs> there's a problem I said what's the problem he said I didn't dish out the jollof for the children and I said but what's wrong he said oh by the time we get to the jollof it's finished <laughs> so I thought she was joking so when we were leaving church she told me listen let's buy food and go home so that when we get home, we have food to eat. I said, ah, but the jollof is it? He said, do you think your sons, by the time you get home, they have left us some of the jollof. Look, like a miracle, by the time we got to they had finished all, the, they ate it in the afternoon, ate it in the late afternoon, ate it at six, ate it. I mean, they finished all the jollof. Yeah, because we didn't tell you to send us home. You should have dished out your portion and put it aside. Aye. Children, they just use things. They just used to. So when you have Christian children, 
they won't they won't contribute to anything. They won't give they won't give offerings. They won't even pay tithe. You don't even want to come to tithe. How many of you want to grow from being a child to somebody who is very serious? You have to learn to contribute to things. I said you have to learn to contribute to what? Things. Things. Number four, I'm giving you five. I've closed. Number four, their concentration span is very short. You are the reason why we preach 40 minutes and we close. No, children are the reason why the preaching is only, they've timed me from the, from the time I said, let us pray, they put a clock. And they are ensuring from the back that 40 minutes are close. Because I'm preaching to children. There are some places when I get to, they don't give me anything, I stop preaching. One day I went, I went for a meeting. I was going to give them a prayer topic and leave. When I took the microphone, I spoke for six hours straight. Six. They were all sitting there. When I told them, let's close it. They said, oh. Meanwhile, I told them, look, I've been talking to you for the past six hours. But because of you, not you, I mean you. They put a clock at the back. The next thing they'll do is that they'll turn off my microphone so that I can't speak. And we have closed so that I can stay in the 40 minutes because I'm talking to what? Children. Because children can concentrate for a long time. That's why even children's school, you see, they play. They play, play, then they teach them for like some 10 minutes. Color a little. Color a little. If you don't end in a short time, by the time you realize they are coloring out of the box, coloring the table, coloring the couch, all that. Coloring their faces, their clothes. It's in your interest to finish quickly. Actually, the next thing I was coming to say, because of something I can't even say. When you pass the 40 minutes, they start yawning, they start sleeping, they start stretching, they start... Because they can't stay at one place. That's the reason why I couldn't say it. Because just when I was about to say it, then it happened. So it's like, it will be like he has taken it personal. But I'm sorry, it's not personal. I would have said it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Even the child agrees with me. And then number five, I close on this one. This one I'm closing quickly because my time is up. It's been 43 minutes. Children only want sweets. Sweets, candy, toffee, chocolate. That's all. Every day let's have chicken on the house. Let's have drinks on the house. Let's have food in the house. That's all children want. Yeah, so anytime you have a service that there's food, the church is full. Thank God today the church is not full because there's cake after church. Mm. And because we didn't announce it. All those who have gone on holidays, if we had announced that today there will be cake, they would have stayed for the cake and gone on holidays in the afternoon. Yeah. Hello? Sweets. Chocolate, cake, candy, ice cream. That's what children want. When you have Christian children, all they are interested in is, eh, please, pastor, give me a prophetic word. Pastor, give me a miracle. Yeah. So usually you have children sh- jumping from church to church to church to church. The scripture we put there, it says, they are, they are, they are tossed to and fro. That's unsteady. Carried 
about by every wind of doctrine. Give me a prophecy. Give me a vision. Give me a dream. So the pastor has not had a vision, but he has to lie to you that. The other day, I saw your great-grandmother. She was eating. She was eating meat at a table. I see that God is bringing you to a table. To your grandmother was a vegetarian. <laughs> vegetarian. Yeah. Then the slight of men. So it's like they want things, deceptions, things that are not real, and they are cunning craftiness, but whereby they lie in wait to deceive. It's like just tricks and gimmicks. That's what children are interested in. Hey, Pastor, I need a miracle. Miracle, miracle. Pour some oil on me. Pour, pour some oil. Pour some oil. Pour some. Look, we believe in all these things. We pour oil on people. I can pour oil on you so much that you will not go to the saloon for the next six months. There will be enough oil in your hair. Yeah. No. We believe in miracles. And we are into miracles. You see the girl sitting at the back? Give us a wave, Sanel. Turn your orange, just look at her. I was at a program, I think about two months ago. And as we were having the program, I just gave a prophecy. I said, there's somebody here, you are receiving debt cancellation. And she owed the university a lot of money. I don't know what she has been doing in the university to owe them so much money. She went to check later, and they said she didn't owe them. Then, a few days before her graduation, she went to check again. And then, in fact, she didn't go. They called her that she's owing them. So we went for her graduation just this week. And usually when you are owing, when you graduate and you get to where they have to give you the certificate, they give you your bill. You didn't know that? Oh, you didn't know? Welcome to, the, to life. So where they, they have to give everybody something. So your envelope is there, everything. So those who have paid up, they give them the certificate with the envelope. But the certificate is on top of the envelope. Then if you are owing, they give you a breakdown of what you owe. They put it on the thing. And so, but when you are sitting generally, you see them giving everybody something. But some are getting their certificates. So usually if you are far, you just look at those who just take the thing. And, and especially the person giving it to them talks to them. They owe. Yeah, they owe. So they give it to them. They, 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 so that everybody has a great smile. Then you put it like this. <laughs> then you go. A lot of the people who come for God, you see them jumping away. All of them, they owe. The SRS people, they all, those who come and they do that, they all owe. Now, this time when we went for the graduation, Reverend David, where we got to sit, I think every day when I go for graduation, I like to sit there. It's the best place. What happens is that that place, you get to see the person you came to support. The person you came to also gets to see you because they pass right in front of you. Now, just in front of us was the table where they share their certificates. So, as, as, as they were coming, we were, so were all saying, hey, Charlie, will they give this girl her certificate or not? We were just sitting there with his Pume was there, I was there, my wife was there, other people were there. When she got there, because of the call during the week, we, we, we are stopped even believing that God had given her a miracle. 
Sunday, when we were going back to Marisburg, we were discussing it in the car. And we're taking plans. Look, if you go, they don't give you the service. It doesn't matter. We'll see what next to do. When she got there, to our surprise, they took the certificate and they put it on the envelope and they gave it to her. She couldn't wait to get to her seat and send us a WhatsApp message that she didn't know we had seen it. But we had seen it. We saw it ourselves. Wow! Because the certificate has a red stamp or a maroon stamp on it. Your bill is just black and white. They don't even want to spend money to print it colored. Because if they print it color, they add it to your bill. So we believe in miracles. But you live by God's word. We live by God's word. Children just want to... uh, Pastor, please, after church, can you lay hands on me? You say, my hair is going bad. Lay hands so that hair can come. Come after church. We lay it. will come. But... First, take the word, take the word, take the word, take the word. That's when you start moving from being a a child to the next stage, which we'll talk about next Sunday. Folks, I'm not out of word. I'm only out of time. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. Yeah. Next Sunday, we'll talk about the next stage of of development. The next stage of development. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Thank God for coming to church today. Bless the Lord, Father. Thank you for exposing to us, exposing to us the second stage of development. The second stage of development. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. Help us. Some of us are babies. Some of us are children. We are not complaining, Lord. Help us to grow. 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 As we read our Bibles, as we pray every day, help us, Lord, to grow in the name of Jesus. Amen. Put your hand down. If you lifted your hand, put your hand down. Now look at me. You are here. The whole intention of God is for us to be on this earth, serve him, and then go to heaven. Before you can go to heaven, you have to surrender your life to Jesus. Why must you surrender your life to Jesus? Because we are all sinners. And the price for sin is to die and go to hell. But fortunately for you and I, Jesus has died in our place to pay for us. So we have to now receive that free gift from him and say, we accept that you died for me. I accept personally. We can't accept it as a group. You accept it personally that this death was for me. So therefore, I want to reap the benefits. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I accept the sacrifice that you made. I accept that it was for me. If you are here like that, every eye closed, please. Every head bowed. You want to say, Pastor, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to go to heaven. And I want to accept that free gift. Close your eyes, please. I want to accept that free gift of Jesus dying in my place. If you are here like that, Please, with every eye closed and every head bowed, just lift your hand, your right hand gently. 
Gents, we are closing our eyes to give you privacy. Lift your right hand gently so I can pray with you. If you are lifting your hand, lift it high above your head. High above your head so I can pray with you. Pastor, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I didn't come here to play games. I'm a serious person. So, I want to make sure that I'm on my way to heaven. Lift your right hand, I'll pray with you. Lift your right hand, I'll pray with you. I'll pray. Thank you for those hands. If you have lifted your hand, come to me in the front. I'll pray with you. You lifted up your hand. Come to my brother. Come, my brother, my sister. Come to me. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Lifted up your hand. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Come to me. I'll appreciate them with a hand clap. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. This is the most important decision of your life. It's the most important decision of your life. Because the span of this decision is beyond eternity. It's beyond this earth and it's into eternity. Pray with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. It's your prayer. So you pray it with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. You can open your eyes. Don't worry. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Father, thank you for these two young men and this beautiful lady. Thank you for their lives. Thank you that indeed you died for all of us and your saving grace has reached them. Holy Spirit, fill them and use them to your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Farley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.